Well, welcome to the Church Office Podcast. My name is Gavin Smith, and we've got a special guest today, Nigel. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's lovely to be with you again, Gavin. Oh, it's great. It's great to have him here, and uh, a thrill for me just to learn from from Nigel. And um, today's podcast, we've we've actually asked you, the listeners, uh, to fire some questions at us that we can put to Nigel. And um, thank you for everyone who's done that. I've, we've got eight really good questions here and uh, looking forward to kind of learning from Nigel and his experience. And we're going to be interacting a bit about volunteers, uh, a bit about service and and uh, how we're doing as individuals in serving our churches. We're going to look at finance, church planting. So a range of questions, mate. So are you ready for this? I'll try to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you. And uh, we, we loved your podcast last time. And, and this is going to be a thrill. So, so Rachel, our first question about volunteers, Rachel's sent in the question, says, uh, do you have any top tips on recruiting volunteers? Uh, this is a really challenging part of my job at the minute. And, and you can kind of feel that. And I, I guess chatting to a few church administrators, that is the case for lots of people at the minute. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Hi, Rachel, and uh, others who have the same sort of question. I think that volunteers is a huge issue, and I'd like to just back up a little bit before answering the specific question um, to talk about volunteers and what we mean by volunteers. Um, When people become Christians and join the church, they're not joining a social community that's for its own good, but they're joining an army that is for out there. And uh, when you get a recruit in the army, um, those who are over that recruit do their very best to bring the best out of that recruit. Um, But they also tell that recruit what to do. So there's a certain kind of relationship there with members of the church, which is a bit similar if we use the word volunteer, which to be honest, I don't like very much. It yeah. does appear once or twice in the Bible, but not very often. Yeah. Yeah. And I see it much more in terms of a fresh recruit, mm-hmm. someone who's come into the church mm-hmm. to stand shoulder to shoulder with others, yeah. to be part of the army to move forward. Yes. And that we have a responsibility, those who are in leadership of a church, or someone like Rachel, mm-hmm. who clearly has a responsibility for building teams, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. We have a responsibility for putting people in the right place so that their gifting mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, allowed to be expressed. Yeah. Um, David, in, in 1 Chronicles, uh, when he was kind of out in the wilderness, as it were, men came to him and said, we are yours, mm-hmm. David. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have to say, can I have some people to come and help me? <laughs> yeah. No, they would, on the right front foot, yeah. say, no, we want to move forward in this mission, whatever it is, scary as it is. And so I would back up a little bit from Rachel's immediate question, almost talking to those who are leading and shaping the church. Is there an atmosphere, excuse me, an atmosphere in the church of serving? Yeah. And of the privilege of serving? And of the desire for my gifting, whatever that is, to be built and allowed to flourish. Yeah. Um, I would then say, starting to address Rachel's question, that um, recruiting volunteers or finding volunteers is not ideally about standing up on a Sunday saying, 
we need some people to help with the children's work. Yeah. Anyone out there? Yeah. Because the people who respond to such a request are those who are already overstretched to have a tender conscience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Whereas what you really want is to say, Sue, David, I see a real gifting in you, maybe only embryonic, but you love children. Yeah. I can just see it yeah. in the way that you watch families and so on. Yeah, it's good. Have you ever thought of serving in the children's work? Maybe just give it a trial for a month or two, see how you get on, so that you're giving people the dignity of knowing they've been recognized, yeah. someone's noticed them, mm -hmm. that they're not just there as um, do-it people to solve your problem because you've got a job to be done, mm -hmm. but they're there because you want the best yeah. from them. Yeah. I remember with feeding the 5,000, Jesus, he would delegate to the disciples who were with him, not to get the job done, although it did, yeah. but actually delegated strategically to build their faith. Yes. And so it's important when we're building teams and looking for, quotes, volunteers, that we put the right people in those teams mm -hmm. because they want to be there mm -hmm. and because they see it as an opportunity for their own gifting to be developed. I love the passage in, or several passages in Exodus um, 35 and 36, the, um, uh, when they're building the tabernacle out. In, and it says, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came to serve. And yeah. it goes on, there are several yes. situations in verse 36. All the skillful men among those who were performing the work made the tabernacle. There were people who said, I want in on the act. This is what I can bring to the table. Yeah. I'm a skillful weaver yeah. of goat's hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get many of those in the church <laughs> these days, but there are equivalents. Um, and so you are mobilizing people who, when they're flowing in that area, they're highly motivated. Yes. Yeah. I sometimes talk to people in this sort of a context about what makes your eyes light up when I talk to you? What do you yeah. feel passionate about? Yeah. Let's harness that passion yeah. and feed that into serving in the church yeah. so you're fulfilled and people are benefiting from your passion yeah. and gifting. Absolutely right. So I say recruiting volunteers is not about saying, I've got a need, who can help me solve it? Mm -hmm. It's about, I know I've got a need, but let's look for people who are already demonstrating mm -hmm. a heart for that area of ministry yeah. and see if we can draw people in. And then let's be very practical and say, you know, if you come and serve with the children's work, that's not a life sentence for the next 25 years. Yeah, it's got <clears> a 10-year <throat> contract. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. Yeah. We will be very clear about, if you like, the job description and why not yeah. have a job description. We tend to think of job descriptions more for people who are employed. Yeah, we do. But if we're wanting people to serve, let's give them a job description. Yeah. These are the things we'd love. Now, I'd love you to add into that job description yes, right. from your experience and your creativity. I'm asking you because you're more gifted than me. Yeah. Yeah. So you feed in the things you can bring to yeah. this to enrich it and yeah. fill in the colour. Let's try it for three months. Yeah. We'll do a review at Christmas. Mm -hmm. We'll uh, At the end of a year, I want you to feel very free if you're serving there to say, I've enjoyed the last year, but I'm going to put it down now. Yeah. No, so it's not a life sentence. Yeah, so people know that they're not 
getting caught up into something that they then can't get out of or get embarrassed if they do. So that touches on some of those things. I hope that will help you, Rachel, just to think through. Mm. I, th I think it's great. I think it's a really, really good point. And I think if you're if you feel like you're recruiting on your own, I think you made a good point about linking into kind of the leadership of the church is that mm -hmm. if you're just recruiting people for roles and there's not that opportunity to, to go, here's how I can best see that gifting deployed, mm -hmm. um, then then have that conversation with, with your senior pastor or yes. with somebody because you, you shouldn't be doing this in isolation, that, that kind of sense of team working together because... I can fill a rotor, but actually I need some of this motivation. I need some of this connecting to vision that you, you're talking about. And tie, tie it in with discipleship. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, right. it's yeah. not just a task yeah. to get done. Right. It's discipleship. Yeah. Great vehicle for discipleship is serving. Yes. You know, it, it, it refines people. It talks about it their does. character. It mm. helps them to become punctual and turn up and be mm. reliable and not suddenly just not arrive. Yeah. I remember uh, in a church I was in, some years ago now, it was in Brighton, but I mean, some years ago this happened. <clears throat> we were quite short of people to just do the stewarding on a Sunday. So I said to the administrator, I wasn't the administrator of the church, I was an elder, I think probably at that stage, I said, I would like to lead one of the stewarding teams. And I then approached certain people who I knew were mm. good at hospitality, because mm. that's the sort of person you want. Yeah, yeah, I said, will you serve with me on a rotor? Yeah. We'll do you know, two Sundays in the month, or whatever it is. Um, I will tell you what to do, and then we'll review it, and yeah, I want you to be punctual. Yeah. And everyone turned up, served faithfully, mm -hmm. I thanked them, mm -hmm. and that's an important part yeah. of it as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, you know, that they're honoured, um, and maybe we can come yeah. on to that yeah. in a moment, but I, I, I deliberately tried to build a model of something that others could copy, yeah. where I invited people to serve with me, and then I led them yeah. and helped them even within that very simple task of stewarding, uh, but to be reliable, to be faithful, to do it well, to have a smile in your face, yes. to welcome people, yeah. to show them to a seat if they couldn't yeah. find one, you know, spot who the visitor was, tell them yeah. where the uh, children's work took yeah. place, introduce them to another family yeah. with equivalent age children, yeah. all that sort all of that thing. stuff matters, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. One other thing I'd just add in here, and, and Rachel, this might be helpful as well, is that, you know, since we've kind of come back out of COVID and churches are kind of, jumping straight back into what they were doing before that there needs to be some sort of analysis sometimes where it says actually do we have the capacity to keep this ministry going you know do we actually need to draw back on things um, and we had an example of this in our church where we were running a mothers and toddlers group and the person who had, had been running it for a number of years decided to step away and we couldn't find somebody to replace it so mm. we, we ended up having to say right let's close it down for a few months thinking this is, feels like a very negative thing, but actually what came from it afterward was actually two ladies that got together and said, we really want to do this. We really feel like God's called us to, to get to you know, really? get into this ministry. Yeah. And so the void actually created an opportunity for someone to jump in and go, in faith, and God, that sense of God was calling me to do this, that sense of excitement to do it. And we were able to deploy them straight away into it, and, and it's flourishing. You think... It feels negative to actually sometimes stop a ministry, but actually some of those things are important steps that go Gavin, that's opportunity. So courageous and so helpful. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, yeah. If we see the church as being a God-gathered community of individuals, each with their own giftings and passion, mm -hmm. 
church leadership should be looking for ways for those individuals to be outworking yes. that gifting yeah. and passion. Yeah. Not recruiting people with gritted teeth yeah. to fulfill some ministry yeah. um, that they think they ought to be doing. Um, I remember uh, back in Brighton, I'm going back now a very long time, but a couple coming to us one day and saying, we would love to get involved with a, a soup kitchen of okay. some sort on yeah. the street in Brighton. And yeah. There's plenty of opportunity for it there. And we said, well, you know, your track record from a previous church, mm -hmm. and they came well mm -hmm. to us. Um, you know, we know that you're good at this yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. As soon as we publicized that, another 40 people uh -huh. came yeah. forward and said, yeah. we've just been waiting for the leadership. Yeah. And yeah. these 40 would prepare soup or would pray mm. or would go out onto the level yeah, and yeah, find yeah. people or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And so once you've got the leadership and the passion, yes. you feel like God's blessings on it. Mm. This is important as well. And that couple did move on in due course to know when you close it down. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I don't know if John Wimber means anything to you, but I remember him yeah. telling me um, from this vineyard, behind the vineyard uh, churches, yeah. uh, he said that one day a biker came to him with tattoos all up yeah. his arm. Yeah. He was a born evangelist. Yeah. And he said, could I start a, a ministry of bikers? Yeah. And so the church did. And this guy led. Then the guy moved on. Okay. And John said to the others, right, we're closing that ministry. And they said, you can't. It's one of the most successful things you do. He says, yes, it's successful with this guy leading it. Yeah. But then he's yes. now moved. Yeah. We're not going to perpetuate yeah. it. It becomes a dead work yeah. rather than with, yeah. with life in it. Yeah. So well and, done. And I think that's a really good point, Rachel, here is, is that kind of looking for that leadership gift yes. and that passion and, and that gifting, you're right, and, and the character. I love the idea of you saying about mixing it in with discipleship and thinking about mm -hmm. it in that way. Um, hopefully that will give you some, some ideas to it. And there's not really a, a formula or a top tips. It's not just about being jolly on a notice is there and mm -hmm. having the best you know strategy for people to sign up but actually there, there's more going on here in terms of heart in terms of working with a, mm -hmm. a leadership team and thinking about your church and and actually getting to know people and their gifting takes time doesn't it you can't just find that out straight away isn't it i love talking to people about their jobs because it gives you yes. one window into what they are love or they're passionate about mm -hmm. and what other things are there? So it does take time to invest into. And I think that's probably the, the bit that's the hardest bit is not having the time to, to invest into that. But in the long run, actually, you it will does. retreat your mm. team time because you get the right people in the right places yes. will just flow. And it flows, yeah. Mm. yeah. And that, that's a really good point to, to make. Yeah, so make the investment if you can. And uh, again, if you're interacting with your leadership team on it or your, your vicar or whoever that might be, um, these conversations are great to have and, and they'll be able to hopefully be able to support you to to find the right time, the right priorities and which ministries, you know, might need to start, what ministries need to, you know, create a capacity because they're flourishing. You know, we've, we've, you know, you want, you always feel like, I always feel like in a church, we need that space to be able to kind of respond to an opportunity. So with the Ukrainians, we've done a Ukrainian cafe and thinking, we, we almost want there to be some capacity within the church to, to do new things and mm. opportunities that come mm. up. Do you think, right, we've had 40 people coming to this Ukrainian cafe and we didn't expect mm. it, but mm. being able to serve, you know, people in, in that kind of need and, and you know, the volunteers that came forward for that just jumped in because they, they connected with it mm. and they could see Excellent. the difference it could make. Excellent. So, Excellent. 
So Rachel, maybe a long-winded answer, but hopefully we've we've you know got you thinking and, and, and others thinking. I think the other thing going for leadership is to create an atmosphere where people feel they can come forward yeah. and their ideas won't be rubbished. Yes. Sometimes you find churches where they think if it doesn't start with the eldership, it won't happen. Yeah, that's a good point. But 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 let's encourage people to come forward to say, can I start a soup run? Can I start at this? Can I start at this? No, you don't just say yes. Obviously, it needs weighing. Yeah. But as far as possible, yeah. to release people where they have that passion mm. actually is maybe why God's put them in the church, mm. so that the church can have that opportunity right. to reach into the community yeah. through their gifting. Yeah, that's actually right. Mm. Yeah. If you're a pastor listening to this, then yeah, please take that advice because it because you really set that atmosphere and that culture, don't you? You Absolutely. really, you know, if people can come to you with their ideas freely, and yeah, there is a process to work through whether it will happen or not, and what resources are allocated, but. But to have, yeah, have people who are stirred, like you were just saying mm. in Exodus there, who were stirred to serve, mm. stirred in their gifting, say, I think I could play a part here. I want to be involved in this. Mm. Can you help mm. me do that? Is mm. that going to work? Um, mm. Encouraging. I think, I think the other, another point just to come out of another question, or maybe you want to bring something yeah. up, is, is just how to honour and thank people. Yes. This we'll is just, my question, actually. Okay. Oh, your question. <laughs> yeah. okay. You better ask yeah, it. No, I, yeah. <laughs> what was behind yeah. it, Gavin? I, th I think... One of the things that I've been sort of chewing over is kind of, you know, recognizing, I've called it kind of um, recognizing volunteers' contribution. And I know we're not using the word volunteer um, because of the previous answer, but it's how do we thank people? How do we connect people to vision? What are, what are some of your thoughts on that? Because I think it's important, isn't it? We can have a long-term view. You know, there's a reward that's coming. God's going to bless you, you know, in, in, when, it, when it all comes to one place and, and Christ returns and there'll be rewards given out. Mm. And, but what's that short-term thing? And that, what can that's we do? all true, but when it's raining and it's cold outside <laughs> and you have to go out to an evening meeting to do yeah. something or other yeah. for someone, you want the reward now, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you can never, if you like, thank too much, mm -hmm. honour people. Yeah. Um, I love it when there's a certain honouring that takes place publicly. Yeah. You know, even if it's thank you to the worship band, you led us beautifully this morning. Yeah. Or can we just pray for the children's workers? Thank you, Sue, Charlie, that you're prepared yeah. to miss the sermon to go out and yeah, yeah. work with the children. Yeah. You know, so that you're constantly honoring people in front of others. Yeah. And actually people thrive on remarkably little mm -hmm. in the way of thanks. Mm -hmm. I think there can be then some very good tangible things to do. Mm -hmm. I think just to drop people a card or a note yeah. or an email or a text message. Yeah. Thanks for the way you did that on Sunday. Yeah. Thanks for the way you're leading the work, whatever it is. Yeah. I think build deliberately maybe once a year, twice a year, maybe to an event of some sort where you can just gather the volunteers yeah. that's there to say thank you. Yeah. I, I, in a ministry that I'm involved with in Bristol, we have a what we call a thanquit. Okay. <laughs> Once nice. a year for the volunteers. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. give them a really nice meal yeah. and we just say thank you yeah. and update them and what's happening with yes. the ministry and so on. Maybe an outing in the summer or something mm -hmm. with their families. Mm -hmm. There are lots of creative ways you can do it. Yeah. Even perhaps just a, a gift token at Christmas. Yeah. But don't just assume, oh, we've got we've got that team sorted, right? We'll go on and think of other things. No, yeah. they're people. Yeah. And we all just yeah. like that honouring. Yeah. Um, and it's very simple. It doesn't yeah. cost a lot. No, it's uh, right. But you may well be holding on to people 
as well because they're feeling fulfilled and valued. Mm. I think it goes back to just to add to what you're saying. You know, if you've got a team leader um, who's leading a team, say the, the, the car park team or something, and you know, how do you how do you think we could bless this car park team? You know, what are your thoughts? So this isn't just me thinking, right? This is how we should thank you, but actually. What would make a difference? And, you know, for some, it might just be, you know, buying a round at a pub, you know, and having a drink together and yeah. just thanking one another. Yeah. And um, and for others, it's, yeah, a meal is great. Or, yeah, like you say, a card is good. I, I know I've been blessed by receiving a card saying, thank you so much for you yeah. doing the difference it makes. And It's a little thing, but it, yeah. it, oh, that's nice. Yeah. They thought of it. Yeah. And I think it, we, I want to see it in a way that kind of recognises grace in other people. So that's an evidence of God's work in you. Um, and I want to point that and celebrate that because they may not even see it themselves. You know, someone's faithfully served. And, and sometimes you can just get on and do what we do and not realize actually the difference that we are making until somebody stops in a role. Mm. And then you go, oh, wow, that we really mm. lost somebody here. So, yeah, how do we celebrate grace and how do, how do we you know, find ways to encourage them, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, just, you know, you said that they may not see it in themselves, and I think this is often so true. Mm. So just going back to the illustration I brought about creating a stewardship team and looking for people yeah. with the gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Now, I went to one or two people and I said, you know, you are such an encourager. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, I see how you quickly go to someone who's bought a prophetic word on a Sunday and just say thank you or... You go to someone after yeah. the sermon and say yeah. thank you, or to a worship. You know, yeah. you, you're an encourager. Yeah. And why doesn't everyone do that? No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. It's you. That's yeah. something that you do with you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. thank you. Yeah. You know, so to recognise that, yeah. to help people to see you they yeah. are, what their gifting is, and so on, is itself honouring, bringing dignity. Yeah. yeah. It's all about relationship. Yeah. Loving people and wanting yes. the best. And, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And I think it's. You know, I've always tried to, you know, one of the things that people have heard on the podcast before is my passion about connecting the practical ministry to to the vision. And so people don't always make that connection. So, you know, I particularly you know, think about our media team and our PA team. You know, these guys mm-hmm. make it possible for people to hear the gospel preached from the stage mm-hmm. because they're doing what they're doing. And and they don't, yeah, they don't realize. So sometimes just pointing out saying, do you know what, if, if you didn't serve that, people wouldn't hear the good news of Jesus. They wouldn't be discipled. They wouldn't hear the ministry of the word. And um, all those things make a difference to this Very family. Good. Excellent. And, and, and yeah, and people don't always connect it to the gospel. But if we can do that work for people, um, I, I think that will encourage their faith and yes. encourage them yes. to do more and yes. serve more and just yes. enjoy, find a real enjoyment yes. in what they're doing, yes. um, which is important yes. as well. And typically, the less conspicuous ministries, if you like, the less platform ministries, the behind-the-scenes ministries of administration and so on, very few people in the church are actually going to come and say thank you because it just happens. It's just part of the way this church runs. They don't stop and think, I wonder how that happened. And I used to say to my teams who ran conferences, for instance, I said, don't expect anyone to come and thank you. I will do that. But the only reason people will come to you is when it's not working. Mm-hmm. We don't want any of that. <laughs> yeah. So don't expect yeah. people necessarily to come yeah. to you. Yeah. Our role, as you rightly say, is to create an atmosphere where people can meet with God. Yeah. That's actually That's why it. we're here. Yeah. Absolutely right. That's and and so we're just looking for the ways of 
helping yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, to usher that along. Mm. That's good. So, so thank you, yeah, Rachel. And you know, my own question for that volunteering, and I think I just need to be more intentional. I think that's my conviction. I think I need to do more. Mm. Say right, a weekly activity that I do on a Monday or something right at the start of the week. That you know, before it gets busy, where can I thank and encourage someone? Very what does that good. look like? I yeah. think that discipline yeah. needs to be in there. So, mm. so that's 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 my takeaway for today on oh, those yeah. questions. Yeah. Little diary note. <laughs> little note. Little yeah. thing. Yeah. These are great little uh, conversations and snippets. Um, third question then. Um, talking about sort of service, and I mean it builds onto this. How do you sustain a long service in Christian ministry? I mean, you have, and, and others have. Um, I, I think this is coming from somebody who's been involved in ministry for 20 plus years. Um, so what are some of your, your, yeah, encouragements or, you know, non-negotiables, I guess, of what you've put in place to help you serve in a long mm, capacity? Mm. Good question. Interesting question. Mm. Um, I think first... Let's just unpack a little bit about what involvement in Christian ministry means. Because I think there are those, and I would certainly count myself amongst them, who felt a real call from God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my case, from the age of nine, believe it or not. um, That I knew I was called. Mm -hmm. There are others, and some of the people who work with me, where it was a job. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. But it is quite helpful to tease those two apart, I think. Mm-hmm. I get to assume in making the answer that we're more talking about someone with a sense of calling, yeah, probably, so. yeah. than someone who's there yeah. for the job. Yeah. I think someone with a sense of calling, I would say the first point is know you're called, know why you know you're called, mm-hmm. and constantly remind yourself Was it that God spoke through a sermon? Was it through a scripture? Was it through someone saying something? A combination of usually several things that you think, I am where I am because God spoke. And when the going gets tough, and it will, Mm -hmm. and the enemy has a vested interest in making sure it does. That's true, yeah, yeah, very true. (laughs) When the going gets tough, it's important to be able to go back and say, but I know God spoke there. I'm not going to let my head go down and yield to the enemy's discouragement, which is often what brings it. Suddenly, things don't work out quite the way we expected, and you think, did I get that wrong? Mm. Go back to where you knew God had spoken, Mm. and hopefully that that was also weighed with others, so there are others who can stand with you and say, no, Gavin, don't you remember when we talked about it, we prayed about it, we were all convinced. convinced. Absolutely right. And nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so you can be lifted and you've got mm. brothers standing alongside you, mm. brothers and sisters. Mm. And so I think that's another important point that you stay in relationship. Yeah. Uh, I think the enemy loves to pick off what you might call the isolated person or the one man ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, very important there's relationship there. Um, I remember when I moved to Bath, one of the very first things I did was to find someone having been in Brighton for many years and having a lot of good close relationships with people and someone there I would meet with regularly and get into asking a few difficult questions um I would I wanted to find someone new in Bath and Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone so I had coffee with one or two people and gradually got confident with one individual uh, particularly someone who was really a peer my sort of age 
um, and also had some life experience and some challenges uh, that were quite similar to my own. Mm-hmm. And so we could actually become mutually accountable. Yeah. And I think that is a very important part of keeping secure and steady in your calling. Yes. yes. Uh, when your head's inclined to go down, and yes. for all of us it probably does mm-hmm. at some stage, mm-hmm. there's someone who can say, well, please help me, I'm, I'm just kind yeah. of struggling a bit at the yeah. moment. Um, and also then, just as it's important to know how God spoke when you were first called and be able to refer back yeah. to that and say, well, I know I'm still in his will. Yeah. Also, if God is then moving you out of yeah. calling into some other area, yeah. he also needs to be very clearly heard yeah. and you need to know it's happened. And yeah. Have a context where you can weigh it. Um, a friend of mine in, in Bath, as it happens, but who leads a church, um, has been going through quite a tough time. Mm-hmm. And I was meant to be meeting with him recently for a coffee, and he contacted me and said, Nigel, do you mind not? I just feel really low today. Mm-hmm. Indeed, I'm actually asking God if I can leave. But at the moment, he says no. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well done yeah. that you are prepared not to just go with yeah. your own inclination Felix. and get yeah, out yeah, of it, yeah. but you're yeah. saying, God, is now the time, yeah. and you're still prepared to hear from yeah. God. Yeah. And so obviously I'm going to help him and support yeah. him as for others. Yeah. Um, to yeah. go through this difficult period. Um, so I, I, does that kind of scratch, do you think, yeah. where the person who's asking so, this yeah. question was? I, I think you pick up some really good points there because, you know, ministry and working for a church is, is a tough job. And I, I, I don't think um, people outside of the church who have not been in a role realize how, how challenging it can be mm-hmm. and, and some of the temptations, some of the difficulties, some of the pressures. Um, so I think that's the first thing to recognize it, it it's not a tough it's not an easy thing this is a mm. this is a tough thing so to have you know the fact that you might have been serving 10 20 years is is you know recognize that that wonderful grace of God to you that's got you to where you are and I love the point where you reference back to that calling I think that's so mm. so important but you, for me the, the real take-home point here is is friendship mm. how do I find real genuine friendship that can support me in this role mm-hmm. as I journey through this thing and there might be friends who say do you know what the season's coming to an end have you you know are you asking those questions um because sometimes those you know friends prompt me to think about things yeah. um are you still doing this have you still got half of this are you still you don't seem as joyful as as you were previously you know what's going on you know how are you feeling how's it going that that those kind of real friendship questions mm-hmm. make a difference and and entrusting people and setting those up, I think, is seems like a real key to that long service. And, and I think part of that friendship, Gavin, also is people who you can be totally transparent with, yeah. knowing it will not go anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. And they pray for you. Yeah. Um, Peter Wagner, many years ago, wrote a book called Prayer Shield. Okay. And I've often encouraged people um, in ministry, whatever level of ministry, to make sure you've got two or three friends who you know you can say, I'm going through a tough time or I'm just going to a difficult meeting or something yes. or other, yeah. will you pray for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that prayer shield, that prayer yeah. protection, that prayer yeah. covering yeah. is very important. Yeah, it is. And I still, I mean, just yesterday, I was one day before, someone who prays for me regularly, he mm-hmm. says, okay, what's happening in the next three mm-hmm. months? Yeah. I was able to say this, this and this. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. this is an area that I'm thinking about yeah. a lot at the moment. Please pray for me in that. Yes. 
just to know that happens. Yeah. Um, and you you see the effect of it. Mm. Oh, suddenly that meeting went much better than I expected. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because God's yeah, been allowed into it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Can I also just say a little bit about seasons of life? Yeah, I think that'd be good. Because you know, I think that it's very easy to follow the world and say, well, you know, it's your working life, and then you retire. Mm. I don't see retirement in mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think retirement is a function of the pension funds. Okay. They've got to have a date somewhere <laughs> where they start paying out. You know. But nevertheless, there are seasons. Yeah. And so for myself, when, for instance, I came off the payroll, mm-hmm. um, I didn't see myself as retiring in terms of, I'm going to go and play bowls every day, yeah. much as I do enjoy bowls, yeah. not that I've played yeah, recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, but much more, okay, God, what is this fresh season of life? Yes. And I had a very good advisor, good friend, still a very good friend, mm. who really helped me mm. and said, Nigel, you need to see that where you have been a hands-on make-it-happen guy till now, your value from now on is going to be your experience yeah. and your acquired wisdom from the years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe even a part of what we're doing today yeah. is, I feel is an that, example yeah. of that. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, when you've lived long enough, you've learned a few tricks on the way. <laughs> and um, so the season of life changes, but that doesn't mean you're less mm. in God's will yeah. and calling in Christian ministry. Yeah. We're all in Christian ministry if we're Christians. Yeah. Some yeah. are paid to be, yeah. others are not. Yeah. The pay is perhaps a function of time. Yeah. It's not a status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's a function of time. And if I have this secular job, I'm so busy I can't so give myself to the yeah. areas of... Christian ministry yeah. that I want to, yeah. so I come full time. That's really all it is. Yeah. People tend to give it a little bit of an aura and a mystique, but it isn't. It's just yeah. someone else pays you. I agree. <laughs> um, so when I stopped being paid um, and entered at that kind of retirement season, as the world see, I then went back to God and I said, "Okay, what does this season look yeah. like?" And He gave me a few keys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and one is networking, mm-hmm. and I spend a lot of time ringing up leaders saying, can we have a coffee? Yeah. One of them said to me a bit reluctantly, well, okay, okay we've, got, we've got a date. What is it you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't want to talk about anything. I just want to get to know you. Yeah. His face yeah. visibly relaxed. Just, yeah. Because yeah. we don't realise sometimes that a mm. church leader, so often people come to them because they want something. something that's right. Yeah. They'll say something nice at the beginning, but the real reason for coming is they want something. About, yeah. um, and so... To be in that position as I am now, of being able to say, I'd like to just get to know you, mm-hmm. get to know you a bit better. Mm-hmm. How can I pray for you? Yeah. Maybe, I can support you. Maybe I can put you in touch with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so we've got two leaders in Bath. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm not going to name, but you know, they both have quite challenging mm-hmm. situations with their children mm-hmm. and their similar problems. Mm-hmm. And so it was a joy just to say, Let's have a coffee, the three of us, mm. you know. And those two now, I know, go yeah. on see each other. I can yeah. drop out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done yeah. my bit. You've connected them. And, and yeah. I've connected yeah. them. They can yeah. encourage one another because yeah. if we have problems, in this case, it's to do with handicap. Uh, if we have problems, there are not many people who really understand yeah. because they haven't experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. They can't some of their minds, but they don't know the challenges of sleepless nights and... Um, People Everything in the supermarket is. saying unkind things because your child is 
apparently undisciplined, but it's actually because he's got a serious problem. You know, all those yeah, sorts yeah. of things. So to be able to put people together who have that understanding, yeah. you don't have to explain it, yeah. has a value, yeah, and you can good. roll that out. So I'd say, you know, I don't think we ever retire because we're Christians until our dying day. Yeah. And then we're with the Lord, so yeah. we're probably still Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just how you use the time yeah. and seeing yeah. seasons of life. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that leads so well onto um, our question from Nick, which is great. And I, I think I think it, it really does tie in. He says, um, how do you know when it's time to stop your involvement in Christian ministry or activity and service? And how do you explain to your friends who are able to keep going um, and are committed to that? But you're kind of starting to think, can I continue? So it sounds like there's some like, I might need to stop. I need some advice of how do I stop? Um, when you love the people that you're involved in, you love the ministry you're involved in, but you you feel like it's coming to an end. Any advice for that, for Nick on that? There are a number of things I could say on that. I think, first of all, you know, if you sense that it's coming to an end, just do have someone or a group of people that you can share it with mm. and say why you think that. Yeah. It may well be that they come back to you and say... I can't stop. Yeah. You know, we couldn't do without you. <laughs> yeah. When I left Brighton, um, one of the elders came to me and says, Nigel, yeah. can we pay you to come yeah. back here one day a month? <laughs> you know, we yeah, value yeah. what you are yeah. and who you yeah, are yeah. and your input. And I said, I really appreciate the attitude, the yeah. heart behind yeah. that. Let me leave first yeah. and then come and ask me if you still feel that. Yeah. I think the hole will just fill up now, but not, yeah. you know. Yeah. No one is indispensable ultimately. Yeah. That's and that's right. what happened. Yeah. We, I still meet with this guy for lunch on occasion yeah. just for fun. Yeah. But what I brought, yeah. that was last year. Mm. Or, you know, yesterday, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, new people have come in yeah. doing a much better job. Yeah. So you know, I'm not indispensable yeah. and no one is. So I think there can be that attitude. We yeah. can't afford to lose you. Yeah. I think another attitude is, have you lost your faith mm. or something? Yeah, you know? something's going wrong here. And, and so you <laughs> yeah. need to again, no, yeah. no, no, I haven't. It's no. just a season of life. Yes. And, you know, because of my age, I'm just am not as sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, mm-hmm. before today, you mm-hmm. kindly sent me the yeah. questions. I could have answered off the top of my head, but I thought, no, I'm going to do a little bit of work because yeah. I know that I'm not mentally as sharp as I was 20 years ago. Yeah. I won't recall the scripture yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I'll write something down. Yeah. So mm. I intentionally adjusted for this season of life yes. or these circumstances. Yeah. And so it's not that I've lost my faith, it's just that I'm getting older. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so it happens with us yeah. all, you know. Absolutely right. Um, so do you think that I think that's good. Things? I think that's good. Any and supplementaries you and want I to think throw we've in already there? talked quite a lot about this, Nick, and, and, and hopefully you've picked up some of the stuff from the podcast is, you know, maybe your role's into more of an encouraging role. Maybe it's into, um, maybe there's a season now where you're going to train somebody else up next to take over from you. Um, and yeah, chew those things over. And, and I think chat to friends. And and I think, you know, go back to that sense of what is God calling you to do in this season? It's so important because that will make the conversations easier, won't they? When you feel like, can I say this? Do I stop? If you're able to say, do you know what I've I've I felt of the sense that this needs to, to to I need to stop doing this. I feel God's calling me mm. to do this, and I'm I'm looking for other ways that I can serve. Um, mm. So maybe that might mm. serve. I, I tell you something I did do, which I don't know if it applies to Nick, yeah. was it? Um, I, we're in a university town, mm-hmm. 
and I love being with students. Um, And so when I moved to Bath, Mm. I looked for some undergraduates Mm. and then said, let's meet once a fortnight on a Saturday morning and study the Bible together. Yeah, great. And so I could then start kind of discipling them and offloading some of the things that maybe God had taught me over the decades to their benefit and hopefully stop them falling into some of the pitfalls that students can say. Absolutely right. So again, that's just been a privilege and a joy. So, you know, maybe something fresh opens up. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, maybe you need to stop doing what you're doing, and, and something yeah. will open up. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, talk about that with friends. Um, talk about it with your leaders. You know, because they would have experience of yeah. working through this with other people who've yeah. got, you know, who are asking these questions, yeah. who are saying that. Yeah. Maybe I could say, Gavin, and I'll say it to the camera that if Nick, you're watching, or if there are others who have these sorts of questions, I'd be very happy to enter into a kind of an email dialogue with you or something like that if you feel there are specific things that maybe I can help you think through or talk through uh, that would be a joy, it would be a privilege which in a way is a fulfilment of what yeah, we're talking about yeah, absolutely it's right. another opportunity yeah. in my stage of life where maybe I can help others which is a joy Yeah, brilliant, Nick take him up on this kind <laughs> offer thank you very much right, moving on then to a couple of different questions um, One is relating to church planting and um, what kind of gifting, this has come from Steve, uh, what kind of gifting do you need on a church planting team is the question. I think before talking about gifting, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to talk about character. Mm -hmm. You're hard pushed to find any job description for anything Mm -hmm. in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What is an apostle? Mm -hmm. Well, what did Paul do? What did Peter do? What did Barnabas do, etc.? They all did different things, but there are some fundamentals in that. Well, they seem to lay a good foundation. They seem to build straight, etc. They seem to be teachers and and so on. Uh, So you can kind of sort of construct a job description, but it's not an apostle does this. Similarly with elders. uh, Similarly with deacons. And actually, what they tend to get back to in the Bible, what the Bible gets back to, is character. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so an elder, uh, uh, not to be drunk, a yeah. husband of one wife, etc. Deacons, likewise, it yeah. says in yeah. one two, three. Yeah, that's right. It, it's yeah. all about character, mm. and it's almost as if God is saying, "If you've got the right character, mm. I'll trust you to get on with doing it, yeah. whatever way you want to do it, as yeah. it were." Yeah. So coming back to the specifics, what giftings do you want for a church plant? Well, obviously, there are certain giftings you do want. You want someone with a gift of teaching and preaching. Yeah. Obviously, someone who could be a worship leader. Yeah. Probably someone to look after children and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. But I would say overriding all those things, it is a relationship and maturity of character yeah. and spiritual maturity yeah. is the starting point. Mm-hmm. You can almost put anyone together yeah. if you've got those and it may be there isn't even a very strong teacher, and so you set about it in the early days mm-hmm. in a slightly different way, yeah. uh, by sharing, by interacting, by yeah. doing Bible study together. Yeah. Let's dig down into it by listening mm-hmm. to something on yeah. the internet. Yeah. You know? um, so if God has called mm-hmm. someone to plant or a team to plant in a certain city, mm-hmm. I think you then start saying, well, 
okay, if these are the people we've granted, what is the giftings we've got? Yeah. Um, now, in the case of the church, I mean, at the moment, which is a plant in Bath, uh, we have one person who's very good at leading worship, worship but doesn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so we're praying quite yeah. a lot yeah. that we would have someone else to come alongside yeah. as a worship leader. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're using a thing called icing worship, okay. which is on the internet yeah. and is geared for exactly that okay. situation where yeah. it projects slides, yeah. plays the music, yeah. has the choir, a choir, you will see behind it, and you join in. Yeah, join in. It works perfectly well. Yeah. So we don't have to have that worship yeah, yeah, leader, yeah, yeah. but we would like one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I would say administration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think administration is an undervalued ministry, and yeah. I deliberately use that word because I yeah. think it is a ministry. Absolutely. Right. Um, and I've written a little booklet, which I think you recommended or recommended on the last podcast, The yeah. Gift of Administration. To me, administration is not about just making things happen, although it certainly should do, but it's about helping channel people through into their area of gifting, into their sweet spot, yeah. and seeing that everyone is serving in the right place. Yes. Meanwhile, you're putting in place the, the structure yes. where that can happen. Yeah. Um, and I think administration can facilitate mm-hmm. growth yes. and can facilitate a church plant, which always obviously is all about growth ultimately. Mm. Um, if it's done well, done sensitively, mm. uh, done in, with a serving attitude rather than a dictatorial attitude, I don't like the sort of administration that comes to a leader and says, well, we can't do that because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To me, it's... Do you know, that's quite a challenge to do that, but I'll work out a way of achieving it. Yeah. You know, if you feel that's yes. what we want to be doing, somehow we'll work yeah. it through. Yeah. A much better attitude yeah. rather than I as an administrator say can't. can't do it. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah. it's, it's an attitudinal thing. So again, it comes back to character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It so. does, isn't it? And I think what, what I've seen in terms of church planting teams <clears> is that is that there, there can always seem to be this this urgency where I think preparation in terms of who the team is and what what kind of gifting you need to start with <laughs> is so important. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, there has to be someone who's who's really good at preaching and teaching, isn't it? And that's that's primarily what we're about and um and telling the good news of Jesus. So yeah, we want to and that might be you, Steve, who's who's asked the question. Um, and I think sometimes it's good to think about what are your strengths and weaknesses as a leader? Going into that church Very plant, good. Yes. I think I think that's a helpful self-reflection thing. Where where do I need help, and what where where are the people that can draw alongside me um, in the gifting that I've got, and then the areas that I don't have, um, and that that again takes time, doesn't it? And that again mm. takes relationship to mm. work through those, and and honestly to say. I think I can serve here, but I need someone in administration, or I need someone in a worship leader, or I need someone with kids. Um, and those are the kind of some of the key elements that we start talking about. But but you you need people who can help with the finances, who can who can help with organizing rotors and all those things. So And they can be parceled out to yeah. different people. And you know, we were talking about volunteers earlier. Yeah. It's an excellent opportunity yes. for people to start yeah. serving. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. So someone looks after the gift aid, yeah. someone else looks after the finances, yeah. someone else, etc. Yeah. So it doesn't all have to be done by one person. Yeah. I think just going back to the preaching thing, Gavin, um, don't be frightened to invite people in mm. as visiting preachers. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 
get a series of yeah. some sort, you know, yeah. preach through a book of the Bible, yeah. and then just invite someone to come in and will you preach on chapter three of that? Yes. We will have already covered yeah, yeah, this yeah, and that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Get someone in, because there yeah. are people out there maybe who are retired. Yeah. Going yes. back to what we were talking about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who have a real gift of preaching. Yes. Well, let's use them. Yeah. Absolutely right. And it's a very intense thing, isn't it, at church plant? Um, You know, there are so many avenues that you need help and service with. And I think sometimes just working at a pace and working with a leader who's been on a church plant, who knows what it's like, to kind of be mentored, to be coached. You know, if you're planting as part of a network, then then I think there's sometimes a lot more support, isn't there? But but we we can think we've got to have all of these ministries all functioning and all working. I remember one church plant that we're aiming to have a mothers and toddlers group, a Sunday morning, a teens youth running. They were, they were hiring a school and doing two services and doing all the pack down and, and pack up and all the, all that stuff that's related to kind of the, the kind of running of it. And you've gone, wow, that is such a big ask mm. um, in the early stages of what is a church plant. So I and think it can cause people to burn it out. It really does. You. Yeah. 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 Um, so you need to set a pace, don't you? Yes, I think, yeah, and sure. and I think you know it's not just having a team of people who are on the ground with you to do what you're doing locally in the church plant, but also that wider team that can care for you in it and mm. can help you, you know, navigate what are the things that you need to kind of start yes, doing. Yes. And and every church plant is different, isn't it? Every Absolutely. every city or every town or yeah. rural church plants. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. each one has different dynamics. Yeah. And, and I think, think about I, that. I, that's a really good point as well. When you move into a town, mm. do do it well. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> I know one situation <laughs> where a couple felt called. I'm sure they were to move into this particular city, mm. and they just announced we'll come to church plant. Okay. That's the best way of putting it. Everyone's yeah. nose is out yeah. of joint. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. When we moved to Bath, the couple who are leading the church plant were in, and I said, look, before you say anything, let me introduce you to one or two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I did that. Yeah. And one couple who are senior and well-respected yes. in the city, yes. they just embraced this couple. said, you are so welcome. Yes. This is a big city yeah. with many people who yeah. aren't saved. The more laborers yeah. in the house feel, the better. Yeah. You're so welcome. Come and join in, and I'll yes. introduce you to people. Yeah. You know, so you're working together with yeah. other churches yeah. rather than I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. I don't think in this town there's a yeah. good church, so we're going to plant yeah. it. Yeah. Not good. Not a good approach. <laughs> not a good approach. <laughs> no, not a good approach at all. <laughs> no, that's helpful. And uh, yeah, again, there are so many good materials out there, and you know, far more experience than certainly I have of church planting, and so. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're keen to church plant and you've got that sense of call, then 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 connecting with a leader, look for some training. Uh, uni, you know, Union College. There are lots of different theological colleges that can help you. Um, lots of different uh, ministries that focus you know into this kind of one specific area. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, make church administration a part of this team somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then because it's a church administration podcast, that's you know it, it will help you. And I think if a pastor gets bogged down with you know, trying to lead a team spiritually and uh, preaching the word and preparing all of that, if they end up doing all the administration as well, they are going to struggle. Um, and and so, it can be totally consuming as and well. it can be, yeah. And if they're not particularly strong in administration, it takes them twice as long as yeah. someone who just thinks that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, I think that's um, right. And it's also probably denying 
someone else the privilege of yes. serving. Yeah, this, yeah. And yeah, so, well, I'll do good. it. Uh, particularly if they're trying to justify mm. the use of their time. Mm. I mean, not many church planters are fully supported, mm. but some are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they may not have enough to fill their time. So the default position is I'll take the administration on board. Yes. Um, yeah. but they may not be very good at it until yeah. it becomes consuming yeah. and heavy yeah. and it's Absolutely denying right. someone else yeah. the opportunity to serve I totally agree yeah. <laughs> yeah it's good Nigel thank you for this mate we're working through these questions <laughs> just drawing and learning from you uh, this is a question from Phil that's been emailed in um, from your experience is there a link between good church management and a church successfully growing so I know we've started talking about those different gifts in church planting but um, is there that connection? Have you seen that over a period of time? Um, yes, I've seen it, but I've not seen it formally and analysed it enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I would say the, just to repeat a little bit mm. what we have said, but I think it's a very appropriate here, that yeah. um, the church management and church administration, mm -hmm. I think, needs to focus on how to release people into their gifting. Yeah and how to make the church attractive to the people who aren't in the church. If yes. we believe, as I passionately do, the church exists primarily for those who aren't in it. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly right. Uh, how do we get the people who aren't in it into it? Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what will bring the growth. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so um, welcome, relationship, good website, mm -hmm. um, all those sorts of things all speak of the community I'm looking to join. Yes, yeah, they do. Yeah. Someone who outside is, mm. is looking around. Um, I think the people on the front door are particularly important. Mm -hmm. I remember the very first church we ever planted, which was way back in the 1970s, shows how old I am. Um, we had a family who came one Sunday from a church situation where they were very hurt. Okay. And they told me afterwards that they determined that they would spend six months not committing to any church. Okay. They would just travel around different churches. Right. They came to our church on the first Sunday mm. and were so welcomed at the door, they never went anywhere else. That's great. <laughs> and they moved through That's into great. leadership within the church, then they went off church planting. Right, right. Because of the welcome. Yeah. And the guy on the door, yeah. he had a smile that went three times yeah, around yeah, his face. Yeah. He had a handshake, which yeah. was strong and yeah. affirming. He knew how to introduce yeah. them. They had young children yeah. to another family yeah. who also had young children. Yeah. You know. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that shop window, yes. as it were, that entrance is so important. Mm. I cannot overemphasize the importance of a good welcome. Mm. I visited a, a church a few years ago now which is well known, I certainly won't mention it, but I was a visitor, mm, you know, mm. and the couple on the door were so busy talking, they didn't need, need, <laughs> notice me coming in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and certainly yeah. when I have been on welcome, yeah. and I love being on yeah. a welcome, and I often yeah. put myself there even if I'm not on any road because yeah. I just enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and someone starts talking to me, I will say to them, look, sorry, can we talk about this later? I want to be available for yeah, the visitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And I will it needs that priority. deliberately... Yeah. state that yeah so i would say that you know this all comes out of church management and church growth but getting that front door right yes is so important yeah and that as people arrive mm. there's a sense of order and peace 
Yeah. There's not someone still testing out the PA. The PA is not being tested at a volume. You can't hear yourself think and yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the coffee is already yeah, there. Yeah. You know, all those sorts of things are in place. That's yes. where church management, I yeah. think, helps towards church yes. growth. Yes. Because it's helping bring the visitor in. Yeah. And if we're yeah. not looking for visitors to come yes. to faith, if they're not already yeah. people of faith, mm-hmm. that's how growth is going to yeah. take place. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a bit of a reaction, wasn't there, to just being so visitor-focused. But I, I feel like, you know, it, it's such an important point, isn't it, that, yeah, we want visitors to be able to come in and as they feel relaxed and at ease, you know, when they hear the good news of Jesus, they're more likely to just receive it, aren't they, rather than thinking, oh, I don't like it in here, or I'm cold in here, or this is too loud and nobody spoke to me, you know, all those things. So mm-hmm. it, I love your example because it just, you know, yeah, somebody comes into a church hurt, they've already got some bit disillusioned and the welcome is the thing that they remember. The welcome mm-hmm. is the thing that transforms them, that they feel part of a family and then they go on and serve other in the church plan. I mean, you know, all that thread, you just go, that's amazing. And that, that that motivates me to think, yeah, how do we welcome folk? And what am I going to be like as an example? And, and, um, and, and also I think point. to educate the, the church to be a welcoming church. Mm. Sometimes you can go into a church, and almost the illustration I gave a moment ago about the two people who just went on talking. Mm. Um, people get into cliques because yeah. they yeah. haven't seen their friends for a week and so yeah. on. For the visitor coming in, it can mm. be quite a cold, mm. unfriendly atmosphere. Yes. Everyone else is chatting, yes. clearly happy. Yeah. I don't know how to yeah. engage. Yeah. Now, yeah. myself, I've got sufficient boldness. I'll just yeah. go up to someone and say, hey, I'm new here. Who are you? you know? <laughs> but most yeah. people won't do yeah, that. Yeah, they won't. They. Um, and so to have people who are particularly on the alert, you know, I will sometimes say, I'm in a conversation, I say, sorry, I've just seen someone coming to yeah. I'll come back to you. Hey, nice to see you. Where yeah. are you from? Yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's creating that, that quite Yeah, yeah, that there isn't just the welcome team responsible, but you're right, that, that broader, and yeah. that, that does come from yeah. the leadership, doesn't it? That actually, it does. We want to be a welcoming it's church, it's not it's just a welcoming modeled. team. Yeah. yeah, and it's not about saying it from the front; it is yeah. about modeling, doing it. Yeah, and doing yeah. it. I think you're so right. people, yeah. that's the culture yeah. of our church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. This right. is how we do things. Yeah. So you're creating it by modeling. And there's so many practical things that you can think about. Having the right tools, you know, having a good communication in the church, you know, uh, being able to, you know, connect people, being able to give people clear times when they're serving and on their rotors, you know, being, you know, role descriptions, all these things will enable people to find a place to fit, and be able to serve, find joy in what they're doing, you know, and I, I think those things make a difference to, you know, what we're saying about church growth, you, you know, mm. the things that you love, you talk about with your friends, don't you? Yeah, and, yeah, and if yeah. you love your church and yeah. love being part of this family, mm. you will go out and tell people mm. about your family yeah, and, and yeah. what you're passionate and about. Bring so your friends. That's right. It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think getting people serving quickly mm. is also very yes. good. Yeah. Um, We've got a young man from, I think he's Indonesia or Malaysia, who's just recently, I mean, within the last month, mm. come to our church. Yeah. yeah. And quite quickly we learned he was a bit of a musician. Yeah. So last Sunday he's sitting there on the drums. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it doesn't really matter if he's not very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he now feels accepted and a part of it. Yeah. I mean, actually, I think he's a guy of huge potential. Yeah, I expect yeah. great things of him. Great. But nevertheless, yeah. you know, we quickly, yeah. in a, 
unthreatening way, mm. said, hey, I will try to join yes. in with the worship, worship team, yeah. come play the drums. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. absolutely right. He was as happy as anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. absolutely and, right. And he's not going to go away in a hurry yeah. because he's been accepted yeah. and welcomed in. That's right. Mm. I think that's good. And I, I think on, on this point here is, you know, certainly, you know, we, we exist for those outside the church. So what, what events and things that are we doing that's reaching into the community, that's reaching into unbelievers, how do we ensure that we do those things really well, that people are fed well, they come to something that's organized, that's well publicized, um, that yeah. they, they feel that they're welcomed when they come. You know, those outward facing ministries are really, yes. you know, go down to the details, how, you know, get somebody involved who, who loves details, who loves the planning, who loves to be involved in things. Because um, those smooth, those events can make a real impact mm. on people, mm. can't they? That that we can we can underestimate actually. Um, so yeah, so I think that's where I see some of the connections, you yeah. know, um, in terms of growth, rather than just transfer growth, but actually new believers. We want to see people, Absolutely. you know, changed by yeah. Yeah. encountering God, and, and but also make sure that at the end of any such event, mm. there's a thread that people can yes. continue to follow through. Yeah. Quite often, if there's a visitor in our church, um, I'll maybe chat to them over a cup of coffee before the meeting. Before they go, I'll try and get a chat to them. And again, I said, it'd be lovely to see you again. No pressure at all with what I'm about to say, but we do have a WhatsApp group where we tell mm -hmm. the church when the next meeting is and so yeah. on. Would you like your name on there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. people are perfectly free. No, I'm not ready for that, which yeah, is fine. Yeah. 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 But if you kind of get them onto the WhatsApp group, yeah. they then can subliminally yeah. be picking up yeah. little bits of news that are going That's on. Great. Being, mm. you know, they're learning about the feel of the church, yeah. even if it doesn't directly apply to them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they're gaining something. Mm. Um, yeah, that's very helpful. So yeah, I, th I think there is, like you were saying, I think there is a connection. I think if you you feel like your church isn't growing, and I don't know whether that's a question. We don't know the context for Phil here, but. But if that is the question, then, then maybe get some help from outside. Say, what what could you do differently? You know, would you come and visit us on a Sunday and just think about give me some feedback? Because we we do come in familiar, don't we? Yes, we do come. Yes. We know the pattern. We yeah. know how it works. We know yeah. the flow. But for a new person, you yeah. know, what's happening? I mean, we we announce on Sunday, right? You know, the teenagers group on Sunday are going to you know go to the landing for their session. And, you know, what's the landing? Where do they go, you know, as a visitor? Somebody explain yes, that. And so yes. uh, actually getting that kind of little bits of feedback, uh, mm. I think, do help. So And another thing you can do, which I've done on occasion, I don't always do it, but I've done on occasion, I'll go to someone who's been coming along for two mm. or three weeks and I say, just tell me, what was it like when you first yeah, came here? Yeah. What were the things that you yeah. didn't understand or yeah. we didn't make clear yeah. or you didn't know where it was yeah. or whatever? That's good. I'll, I'll do yeah. that also, incidentally, if, with employees, mm. I'll go to them mm. after three or four weeks and mm. say, "What do you see here mm. that I'm not seeing because yeah. I'm too familiar with it?" Yeah. yeah, it's so surprising the way you do that. Yeah, or we never hear about when the staff prayer meeting is on. We just suddenly found everyone suddenly disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. where has yeah. everyone gone? No, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to get some feedback like that. Yeah. To, it's the only way you really can't see your own context as yes. an outsider. Yeah. You can try, but you really can't. Mm. But there's an impact for someone who's coming into a fresh environment yeah. of things that strike them that yeah. you can learn from. Yeah, and I remember what you were saying about in Act 6 before, about you know the, the problem that arose there, and you know people were deployed, the deacons were deployed to go and feed these widows. 
And, you know, you read later on in the text that, you know, the, the word was preached and, and the church grew. And, 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 you, added, and, yes. and you go, yeah. yeah, that was great. So so there clearly was something that happened there yes. that, that brought some organisation that resulted in in fruit. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's kind of the link here yeah. is, is definitely there. So yeah. lovely. Good. Right. Moving on for the last two questions, Nigel. Relating to finance, and um, and I know you know we're in a season now where it's particularly challenging for individuals with the cost of living rise. It's just you know crazy, isn't it? People what they're paying for their gas, electricity, challenges that might be happening. And so when you kind of understand your members and you're talking about church finances, this this is a challenging topic. So I'm hoping to you know we, we've been in seasons like this before, haven't we? And mm. I'm sure you're going to have some wisdom here. So the questions come in is, um, what advice do you have for churches who face financial challenges over the next few months and years? And, and maybe some practical points that they can consider. It's it, a this, hard is, one. this is a hugely mm. challenging topic and we do need to unpack it. Yeah. Let's interact to, yeah. to do so. Um, strangely, I would say, start with budgeting. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I, I've travelled a lot overseas, as I think you know, and I've talked about yeah. things like budgeting in Africa, and their response has often been, but we haven't got any money. Yeah. And I've said, no, but that's why it's so important to budget. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get some money, you know what the priority is because you've already yes. decided in advance, this is what we're going for. Yes. And I think we're in a season within the church like that now mm. because mm. of COVID and yeah. the current crisis and so on, um, where maybe the giving anyhow is going down because some people left with COVID yeah. and didn't come back yeah. afterwards and so on. And now we've hit huge inflation in the UK and I don't know how wide this podcast goes, but it's fairly worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there is less money to achieve what we yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. I think it's a chance to review what we're doing and how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost get a fresh commission from God mm. that we should be serving mm. in these areas. Mm. Um, I'm very mindful of that famous quote of Hudson's Taylor's, which I probably won't get word perfect, but something like God's work done in God's way will never let God supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, you know, Hudson yeah. Taylor never appealed for money, nor did yeah. George Muller. Mm. And yet he built five or even six mm. huge orphanages in Bristol. Mm. And God always provided. provided what they so let's not be so practically orientated that we forget we're in faith, we're yes. people of faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say a budget is a helpful thing mm-hmm. to have. Oh, definitely. And that it should be vision-driven. Yes. It shouldn't be about only practical matters. I would say just talking, I don't know if any trustees would be listening to this, but I would say the trustee body has a huge role if yeah. conducted in the right way in serving the leadership of the church yeah. in this area of finance. Um, and trustees and elders, I think, should be very much one team mm. with different expertise. Yes. They should never be conflicting. And sometimes, yeah. and we've done a podcast on this, sometimes you find eldership teams and trustee bodies happen, yeah. at each other's yeah. throats. I mean, that is so unglorifying yeah. to God. Yeah. But the trustees can have a very useful role to play because they tend to be people who are in the world, as it were, 
more than perhaps the spiritual leadership of the church yes. is. Yeah, it's sensitive to what's going on. And I see the role of trustees, and I've chaired trustee bodies for many, many years. I see the role of trustees first, making sure that all the finances mm -hmm. are well in order. Yeah. And that the elders, mm -hmm. uh, if it's an eldership-led church, that the elders are fully in the picture mm -hmm. about what the situation is yes. with finances. Yeah, yeah and how the consequences of any decision they may be making, what the consequences are, and whether the finances are there to do yeah. it. And I won't accept the little phrase, oh, we're in faith for that. Yeah. I yeah. will dig. Yeah. Because sometimes we're in faith is actually saying, well, we don't know how to solve this problem, but I'm optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Yes. And, and that for me is not good. If yeah. you're in faith, yeah. you need to tell me in what way you're in faith, how yeah. God has spoken to you yes. to allow yeah. you to yeah. say that. Once I'm satisfied as a trustee mm -hmm. that the decision-making leadership understand the financial consequences of a decision they're making, I'm then very happy to come alongside them mm. and mm. with them to be on my knees praying, yeah. God, will you provide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where the faith yeah, is exercised. Yeah. But be sure you know the facts first. So yeah. we're in a, a situation of recession, of uh, crisis, or whatever you like to call it. How do we handle it now? I would say review all mm -hmm. that you're involved in. Mm -hmm. Obviously trim the budget where yeah. you can do so. Yes. But try to identify what the essence of the ministry is and what the peripheral matters are. Yeah, yeah. And don't lose the essence. Yeah. The church needs to be strong and available at this time, not in survival mode. Yeah. You know, for the world to be able to come to the church, they say, yes, so welcome. We know how difficult it is out there. Yeah. You're in a safe space here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they should yeah. be able to come to the church with yeah. that attitude. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, I'm encouraging our own church, and I know others are as well, to try and begin creating a pot mm -hmm. for people who can't pay their electricity yeah. bill and so on. Yeah. Let's help people to walk through the practice of life. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it may be that we take a special offering. I don't know, we haven't decided yet. But we'll take a special offering because there are one or two people in the church for whom... The crisis is going to be an inconvenience, but it's not a serious financial impact. Yeah. Their earnings are such yeah. They're going to that be it's okay. not going to be a problem. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we take a special gift day, yeah. a love offering yeah, 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 yeah. that we can set aside to help people who are going to very desperately feel the challenges that are going on now. So you know, I think these are things, approaches, but do you want to come back to me on any of this? No, I, th I think they're good. I think um, I, I like your point about budgeting because I, I do meet lots of churches who haven't in previous years had to budget because they've always had funds there um and so i think i think budgeting exercise i think a review of that is really really helpful um i think for, for a church administrator the advice you're giving there about um you know we can sometimes i can sometimes feel the responsibility as i'm the kind of final stamp that says yes we can afford this mm. um but actually i like your you know you kind of reposition it and say actually let me make sure you have all the facts and then i'll stand with you if that's a decision that mm. you make and i think sometimes just i can feel the responsibility but actually saying maybe actually i need to to kind of share that responsibility or actually not take responsibility for it i was going to say ultimately it's not your is, responsibility yeah, it is a trustee you are serving yeah. 
the elders yeah. and in the legal framework, yeah. the trustees, trustees see, right. you shouldn't be carrying the mm. weight of that responsibility. Yeah. You'll be alert to it. Yeah. But what you do with it, you then say, look, to your leader or yes. something or other, you just need to know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we haven't got any money next yeah. month. That's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. That you won't get paid. But yeah. that'll make That's people right. th- yeah. But yeah. you shouldn't feel the weight of that responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Unless you are also an elder, in which case yeah. you should. But it's easy for the leadership of the church to say, well, Gavin's so good at this, we'll let him get on with it. And with that comes an implied level of responsibility that is beyond really why why you're serving in this way. And this is really helpful because, you know, the next question someone's asked is, is how do we work through the tension of faith and finances, which is really what we are talking about here. Because these these two questions do come together, isn't it? That we, we have to have this recognition that times are tough for people. And so an awareness that actually we need to recognize that people are going to maybe find it more difficult to give in the same way that they could have done before. Um, people's circumstances are changing with job losses or retirement and all those things affect everything. So so the, these things are, are good and awareness is really, really important. Um, but also our guys here have also just done three weeks teaching on giving mm-hmm. and, um, and and have kind of decided to say, actually, you know, some people are looking and saying, that's brave, isn't it? Just why would you be talking about giving now at this point, you know? Um but that tension goes on, doesn't it? So actually, we want to talk about this because we want people to to trust God and we know God supplies all of our needs. Mm. Um, and how do we remind people of that that grace and, and that peace that can come because of all that Christ has done? He will meet our needs. And so um, how do we give generously and how do we give even in, in generously in the midst of this context? Um, so there are... Yeah, there's lots of this. This this really is a big question at the minute. I think I'm getting to. And, and I think there are times as well where it's not even necessarily about money. Yeah. What does money do? Money facilitates activity. Yeah. It may be that sometimes the activity can happen without the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because there's someone in the church who's gifted. Yes. We needn't employ this person yeah. to do that job yeah. or whatever. Yes. You know, there are other ways. Yeah. I'm interested in that quote that I brought for Hudson Taylor's. It was God will supply all your needs. It wasn't God will give you all the money you need. Yeah, yeah. To build the ministry that you want. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. You know, the supplying needs can be bringing people resources and so on to get things done rather than saying it has to be money so you can buy that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I I used um, a word with a pastor the other day. I said, you know, I, I love creative budgeting and he said to me that just sounds really dodgy but <laughs> but it's not it's actually saying how can we steward that that we've got how can we be creative yes. in finding ways that we can continue ministry or continue it in a slightly different way that actually you know recognizes that that everything that we've been given here we need to steward well mm. we need to use it well and i love the fact that you're putting together like you know kind of a, a contingency pot for people that can you know, serve people in the church who are going to really face difficulties and outside the church as well. And um, I definitely encourage churches to think about think about that as part of their budget. Um, really useful. And, 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 you know, the scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. Mm. And I think that's true of the church as yeah, well. Yeah. But, you know, if the church is generous. Yes. I mean, I've been in churches in Brighton for a long time and we would, I'm not saying very frequently, but we would on occasion mm. give to another church yeah. 
because the ministry they were doing, they needed money and yeah. we weren't doing it. Yeah. And so let's get behind yeah, yeah, them yeah. and just honour them right. and bless yeah, them to, right. to get on and do it. Yeah. You know? So I think that if we can see church in that sort of way, that it's a kind of a facilitating mm-hmm. uh, community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it may be that others come to us and say, look, we seem to have a lot of students yeah. who are very poor at the moment. Yeah. Maybe we can give yeah. them a hundred pounds for each student or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. absolutely right, yeah. But I think I'm having, thinking on the top of the head, that's yeah. not happening. It's, no, no, it's, yeah. Yeah, if you're a student out there thinking, uh, great, I'm going to It's true, yeah, it's good. Um, but I, I, I do think having conversations with trustees and elders or PCCs and, and key leaders, um, getting the facts, finding out where we're at, you know, you as a, if you're a pastor listening to this, you might need to take a greater interest in the finances in this season than you might have had before. Um, you may need to ask questions about things, you know, in a slightly different way. You may not be able to bring your, you know, your hundredth idea to the table and see it work through because of the season that we're in. And and actually, I think there's that working together, praying together yes. and saying, yeah, no, we can, let's trust God together all on this point. We want to mm-hmm. bring in a children's ministry worker. Let's trust God that, that the finances will come through for that. And we can stand and do that together where there are other things you say, well, actually, we can't feed the church this week like we might normally do, but we're going to draw that back. So um, some wisdom in, in just taking the time, I guess, um, which is which is the important thing here, isn't it? Take the time to review these things and to consider these things and make a plan from there. And obviously to just look at what you're doing and say, well, are the things we needn't do or we can do more efficiently yeah. or in different ways, yeah. you know? You know, yeah. Just being responsible in terms yeah. of the kind of the housekeeping of the church, yeah. as it were. Yeah. And stewarding things. I Can I just say a word, just more about yeah. having mentioned trustees, and I know that you've done a podcast mm. on it, but just to say trustees need to be spiritual people. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I have sadly seen too many cases where trustees have been appointed because of their gifting and worldly experience yeah, their business or something but yeah. they're not spiritual people yeah. Yeah. and they come from a different decision making mm-hmm. framework yes. and can cause real real mayhem yeah. in the church mm-hmm. so in appointing trustees I urge any leaders who are listening to this podcast yes. to start with the spiritual yeah. before the gifting yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the character as well. Character exactly right. yeah. yeah, I think that really does. It will help reduce the conflict. And um, and in that sense, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, take your time mm. in choosing people and make it work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Really, really helpful. Anything else to add on that finance one? I don't think so. No one could obviously talk about some of the minutiae, but I think that. That's probably yeah. all I have to Thank say. You, yeah. So if you haven't got a church budget, then you know, uh, take time to spend some time reviewing. Get get people together talking about this, and um, and, and alongside that as well, I'm surprised how often churches do not do a monthly management review yeah. Yeah. of the finances yeah. management yeah. accounts, you might yes. call them, and you know, just very simply, what has been the expenditure next door to a column of what was yes. the budget. You know, yeah. both on the income and expenditure yeah, yeah, side, yeah, yeah. and and be rigorous in reviewing yeah. that. Yeah, you know? absolutely right. So that you know when something's yeah. gone wrong, it's much easier to change course as soon as yes. you see you've gone slightly off course, than when yeah. you realise you're miles off course yeah. and yeah. try to pull it back. Absolutely right. 
and you need to do that on a monthly basis. Yeah. That's, that's really my helpful. advice. That's really helpful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on the podcast and, and serving me and the listeners. I'm just really thrilled to you know learn from you. Well, it's a joy to be with you all again. It's it's great. <laughs> it's once twice. Yeah. And and as you know, we've said before, if you've got any emails that you'd love to uh, questions or follow up questions, please please send them into questions at the church uh, we'd love to hear it. Nick, if you're listening, connect with Nigel and uh, we'd love to be able to serve you in that way. Uh, please check out this, this, the website for more resources. And if there's anything that we can do to, to help support you in serving behind the scenes in your church, then please get in contact. We'd love to be able to, to bless you, pray for you, uh, serve alongside you and encourage you. So please do that. Well, until next time, we'll see you on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs>